who's gonna do the thing since uh, Mitch isn't here? Right, yeah, we don't have Mitch, and and it's it's our first live stream ever. So welcome, <laughs> welcome to bringing down the Grindhouse livecast, which is the first one ever we've done, and we've been planning this for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> we're trying to get around it, yeah, to it, getting it all settled, and we wanted to do something that was completely new. And so we were doing uh, Stranger Things season four, and it looks like it's volume one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're splitting into two pieces. Part two's coming in July. Right. We're assuming that you've seen the rest of Stranger Things. So this is only going to be talking about the fourth season. Um, And that you've seen the fourth season because we're definitely going to be spoiling a lot of things here. So, Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. and then. <laughs> or if you don't care about spoilers, yeah. keep watching. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think... First, we should introduce ourselves. So I'm Jonathan. If you've never seen me before, um, now you know what we all look like. I'm Murr. Uh, I work on the podcast. <laughs> Hi, I'm Justine. I also do the podcast thing. Uh, Mitch is not here today. He is celebrating the day of birth uh, for his girlfriend. So happy birthday to Maddie. Yeah, happy birthday. Oh, <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> that was the weakest move. <laughs> Um, I think first we should start with some production stuff like we normally well, do. Well, should we go and do the proper intro? Oh, if you want, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, we didn't okay. think of a witty quip. I didn't. The, Mitch uh, usually didn't does the witty quips. Okay. Murray, you got anything? Uh, yeah. Go for it. Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror and media. And tonight, join us in 80s nostalgia. Upside down nostalgia, and something that is crafted from the twenty tons and onwards, as we talk about Stranger Things season four, volume one. I like that. Also, um, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, and Dungeons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is like like one of the main pieces. It's kind of cool that they made a villain. Yeah. Out of Vecna, because it's actually like a real life villain you can encounter in that, but it's not quite the same. We'll talk about it more. So you want to get into production notes? I mean, yeah. So what? there's a lot to do with the production as far as this show goes because it's so public. So you can find just about all of the steps that they took to create the show, um, especially because the Duffer brothers, the creators of the show, um, really do a lot of interviews and explain how they came to create the show. And they've been planning all these seasons right from the beginning. And so this was a huge deal that they made with Netflix. So it's good to talk about all the production. All right, so Stranger Things was created by the Duffer Brothers and made famous by them, and they got famous off of it. Uh, this is basically what made them a household name in like horror as well as nostalgia media. Uh, early, I believe it was 2010 was the first season of this show, or like 20, 2012, somewhere around there. Uh, basically they've been creating this entire universe that they've had and they've had a cultural impact from just a TV show and have generated a lot of sales for Netflix with the making of this show. It's considered to be like the Netflix original show that brought on a lot of attention to the show. Yeah, because I feel like after this came out, then you started to see a lot more Netflix originals being released, and they've come out with some bangers. I think Squid Game was a Netflix original, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, as well as uh, Bridgerton. Those mm-hmm. are going to be like the three main ones that are their most viewed shows of all time. And this show actually beat out Bridgerton um, its latest season with the release of the fourth season. Nice. And so like collectively, it's got like millions of hours of viewing time like within the first week that it was released. And so this is probably their most successful show at this time. 
definitely <laughs> a huge cultural impact uh, for like costumes, cosplaying, as well as like just general fans of the media. The fandom for this uh, series is really huge. No, definitely. I actually noticed that around the time this show came out, we started to see a resurgence of 80s fashion. Definitely. Becoming more popular. 80s music as well has also made a return in the last few years. We want. I wanted to talk about that, and I'll get into that later because it's it's a very interesting thing that happened in 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 the culture during like this time in the 2010s. Like a lot, of, it was like a zeitgeist for nostalgia and for like capitalism to prey on that nostalgia. Of course, <laughs> well, yeah, naturally, you, you've got your uh, your hot topic merchandise, yeah, along with everything that came out for the show, and then Netflix itself is kind of a uh, zeitgeist phenomenon that came out as being like the thing to go to to watch things uh, so yeah. much so that it became like a meme for people to go on Netflix and chill. Dang, I was going to say that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I stole your thunder for it. But yeah, that's that's essentially what why it became so popular was because uh, to start with, Netflix is probably one of the original streaming services that had a huge variety, and then everybody after it kind of copied them. And they started similar to Redbox, and where you mm -hmm. could actually go to a Netflix dispenser at a grocery store and buy a DVD. And my, have they evolved from there? But I think yeah. those are still around, actually. Uh, they are, yeah. You can still find them, like, in front of 7-Eleven and, like, random stuff. Yeah. Um, they but were... they uh, they were a mailing service. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were very much like Gamefly back in the day. I can't believe oh, Gamefly well. is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> you can still go and get Gamefly, which uh, crazy it, was, it basically made off the heels ends of Blockbuster. Right. There's only one Blockbuster left in America. That's in Alaska, right? Uh, Oregon. Oregon, really? Yeah. Um, the, the guy who was running Blockbuster at the time that Netflix approached them uh, denied Netflix. Netflix was like, hey, can we like join up? and create like a streaming service and he was like nah nobody's gonna want to do that and then blockbuster died <laughs> soon after Damn, that guy must be like an asshole now yeah definitely <laughs> he could have made like a multi-billion dollar deal for if done that. several years blockbuster was the definitive like experience to have in your yeah. home so so much so that you could even rent players if you didn't have one then laserdisc came out and that was a mistake <laughs> and then <laughs> that was a mistake um, Fucking lazy it was dude. it was all about getting your popcorn and soda as well as like yeah, renting you get the whole experience, yeah. but at home you get the movies in your home. Yeah. Whoa, home and everybody theater? knows that concessions are the best part about going to the movies. Yeah, that's why they up the prices because they know you're gonna buy yeah. it. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> five dollars for a box of M and M's. I think it's more. Oh, than that, yeah. it's like six or seven bucks for candy now, which Awful. is kind of crazy. Um, let's get back into the production real quick. <laughs> yeah. So this was the the longest uh, produced like. Uh, season of this of this series so far yeah usually they have like nine or ten episodes but these are lasting like hour 25 yeah two hours at some point um that's because they've they've meticulously planned this out since the beginning they kind of ballpark that the show would be over in the fourth or fifth season and i honestly thought that this was going to be the end of the series Turns out it is not. However, they are greenlit to do one more season. Yeah, the, it's, the popularity is too high for Netflix to be like, no, we're not making another season. And there's a lot of things in this season that makes me realize like season four would probably be a good send off. So I'm kind of interested to see where they're going to take it. Yeah, they're afterwards. probably going to have to create some larger plot line than what you've already been shown as far as like who's the villain and what's their goal. Because it does feel like it's coming to an end. <laughs> So I'm not sure what else they're going to do for the storyline. Uh, so after the success of the first season, they 
the Duffer Brothers secured a multi-year television film deal that is worth nine figures or pretty much a million dollars. Yeah, so they're rich. <laughs> like, they, they became obscenely rich from making Stranger Things. And this fourth season is like a culmination of everything they love about their like their universe and what they created. That's why it feels like there's so much stuff happening within the few hours that you get to watch it. Not only that, but every season has several references to its source material, which is like everything 80s. So yeah. there's a lot of different plot lines from a lot of different movies that they take. And it depends on the area that you're watching the film in because of uh, if in the kids plot, they're doing one movie in the adults plot. They're doing another style of movie all from the 80s, though, from like our collective, like just repertoire of fucking culture. (laughs) Um, They did note that they probably will not continue the series past the 80s. That it's definitely something that'll stay there, and you won't ever see like a '90s version of, right. of Stranger so, Things. Right. So, like, that brings me to the question: Is why the '80s? What's the significance of that time period for this sort of story? Um, it's a lot of nostalgia. So they feel like uh, not enough time has passed. Did you just drop your phone? <laughs> he totally just dropped his phone. <laughs> um, not enough time has passed. Uh, so that people will be kind of nostalgic enough about the '90s. Plus, they grew up in the '80s. But they joke that the reason why they are stopping the show like in the eighties because Winona Ryder actually became famous in oh. the eighties and her rise to stardom would not run in or would not work with the chronology of their story because she was a teen being famous in the eighties, but she's a middle-aged woman. Oh wow. That's funny. Yeah. So that's like their fake um, like reason why they wouldn't, but they also don't think it would fit the theme mm-hmm. because the eighties is really significant for their main um, plot lines, which includes things about Dungeons and Dragons. No, yeah, and that was definitely a time period where I feel like things like horror and sci-fi were all rage. Yep. And around the 90s, definitely more of like the horror S, but definitely kind of like a monster horror mm-hmm. um, fantasy cryptid creatures, I feel like was more of the 90s thing. Well, like you mentioned, the 80s is like the beginning of slasher films. So mm-hmm. you had all of the popular films. They've noted that most of the storyline was different because the kids are older. Mm-hmm. So they're not doing a Goonies style story anymore. They are doing more of like a Nightmare on Elm Street style story. And then the adults are in like a Close Encounters kind of style movie or like Jaws is mm-hmm. the reference that they made. Um, and a cool thing that nobody really noticed was that Robert England shows up in the season four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because of his makeup, you could probably not recognize him. I was very surprised to see Robert England and he is a legend amongst the horror community. Yeah. For so it was being Freddy. And seeing him in a in a role like this as like kind of like throwing down the reins to another generation is really cool. How old is he now? Oh, he's definitely in his sixties. Yeah, or he's 70s. like he's like in his sixties. He's been he's been acting for a long time. I also time. love the uh, the younger version that they made for him. <laughs> oh right, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for the flashback scenes. That guy is in the Ozarks. If oh, you yeah. didn't recognize him, and he plays the same type of character, he's kind of like your um, simple, very nice kind of guy. White picket fence, suburban yes, dad. Exactly. So Came white back from fence. the war. Oh God, I don't know if he. I, I don't think he went to the war. Well, <laughs> the character in Stranger Things did, yeah. recant his story about uh, accidentally murdering a bunch of innocent people in the war. Brutal. Anyways, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, just for budget, real quick, this. season cost 270 million dollars to produce that's million that's millions that's that's netflix money (laughs) they have so much fucking money it roughly costs about 30 million per episode to film get all this stuff wrapped up after 
Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that makes sense because, you know, it each episode is around an hour long, maybe a little bit longer, roughly yeah. movie length. Right. So, you know, 30 million for a movie makes sense. Still, Still a lot yeah. of fucking money for a TV show. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure a good amount of that money has to go for all the CGI as well as the, the shots that they use with like cranes and dollies and all this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it's like the highest production value ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why the show looks so good. That's yeah. not even counting the meticulous, like, small detail of making an entire town set in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, they had to basically dress a, a neighborhood. Every, no, everything. <laughs> yeah, everything included in there. From the Coca-Cola cans, the posters on the wall, to the... The diff- cars... The VHS tapes in the fucking store, everything. I'm sure everybody who was on this had a lot of fun oh, creating yeah. everything. This is so much work. I would love to be an extra on this show, <laughs> yeah. just running around. Oh, man. Um, I do know that uh, when they were creating the show, they had to originally pitch an idea for the entire universe. So when they approached Netflix, they didn't just say, here's season one, and this is like our story. They had to really create their universe so they wrote like a 20 page outline of what stranger things was going to be and presented it to to netflix and they were like yes this is awesome did the first season and then after the success of the first season they were like we got to make more of this and then made that deal that was mentioned earlier and so that's why they've had this continuation of so many seasons um but netflix likes to make a lot of seasons of things so hopefully they don't kill the popularity (laughs) of a show like this because um it does seem like it got better though Oh, yeah. As the season went on. Um, Oh, yeah. I think this season was one of their best as far as action and plot goes. Definitely. Uh, Every, like, time a new Stranger Things season comes out, it seems like it's kind of a cultural moment for yourself. Like, they usually do it around Halloween or the beginning of summer, and they usually base their entire plot around the time that they release this stuff, too. Right. So, like, in season two, they started around Halloween. It came out on Halloween. And then... I think season three, it was the beginning of like their summer vacation at the mall and it dropped the day of summer. So it's kind of like, nice. it's kind of like, yeah. you know, it gets you in that really happy mood to just watch and binge the entire season. So it's kind of hard to like figure out how much money Netflix makes from it, but it oh, leaves they know. a big you impression. Can, you can, <laughs> you, you can actually see how much money they make or at least an estimation of it by seeing how many subscribers they have. Mm-hmm. and the popularity of the show and how many hours get watched. So they're able to kind of give you a rough estimate. Um, I'm pretty sure Netflix is like in the billions. So uh, that makes me wonder money. is how much money do they earn for these seasons? Because they spend all of this money, obviously. But what about box office? Because this doesn't have a wide yeah. theater release. So can't measure it the same way we do some of the other movies that we watch. They get um, all of their money from advertising. So people who want to create um, like collaborations with them but they also make most of their money just from their subscriptions so Mm -hmm. the fact that they made a new season will draw in more people Mm -hmm. and so as more people come in and pay that they will have a spike of people but we have no way right now to measure the revenue of this yeah well they're very secretive about it too yeah the sweet sweet merchandise (laughs) also (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) they cut deals with companies to make merchandise so they do get a cut of that um because they're original creators of the show and then a percentage of that will then go to the Duffer Brothers as well. Um, but they maintain a lot of creative freedom and a lot of money from it because they uh, are both producers and writers on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and in most cases, it'll be the directors, but there are other directors who come in for each episode I've and s- different writers. I've noticed that as well. Um, 
it was really cool though to see this one take a more adult approach to the subject matter because before it was always kind of just like the kids go on adventures and everything's kind of wholesome they don't know much or they don't know the full picture yeah like, this one was way darker oh it this one really was gritty yeah psychological affect and how your trauma and grief can uh Make you a target for someone yeah. like Vecna. Yeah, so we should definitely talk about that once we start talking about the villain. Um, this season was, in fact, so dark and started with a cold opening of kids getting murdered that they had to put in a disclaimer. Right, because this happened... Sh- well, the release of this season happened shortly after like the uh, massacre that occurred in Texas at right. the elementary school, which is, like, awful timing for them. But they were pretty quick on releasing a statement saying, this was filmed a year ago. We had not foreseen something like this yeah. happening. This is something that is going to trigger you. Please skip the first scene. Yeah. The reason why is because kids straight up get murdered yeah. <laughs> in this show like multiple times. Mm-hmm. And and it's gruesome, like like limbs oh, yeah. twisting. Like, the deaths in this one yeah. are next level. Um, I also like it just made me forget that Stranger Things is not like PG. Yeah. <laughs> like this isn't like I, for some reason in my head because it was a Goonie style show like when it first started. I thought it was still like within that realm of rating and it's totally not <laughs> i mean that whole first season the bullies forced mike to jump off a cliff yeah yeah so it's just like I, I just completely forgot the direction they were going and it became a really dark show recap videos are your favorite yeah if you, if you don't feel like watching the entirety of all of the three seasons go watch some recaps and they'll get you caught up with just about everything one of the craziest things i saw when i was researching the show was that they wrote over 800 pages of dialogue for this latest season, which is an insane amount of stuff. Roughly, you're about 500 pages of dialogue if every single scene had dialogue. And so a a good majority of it probably didn't get used, but they wanted to be prepared in the case that they were going to keep creating seasons. And so they had to split it into two because they expected it to only be seven episodes long. And then in the middle of them making it, they had to approach Netflix and be like, we actually need more. And so they approved them for two more episodes, which is why it's split, because it's technically not done. (laughs) Uh, They mentioned that they were still, like, putting final touches on it, and that's why it's, like, getting released a month later. And to bring up the hype. Rumor has it the season finale is two to three hours long. Yeah, it's going to be very long. Yeah. Um, another cool thing was that um, they intentionally separated the plot lines in this newest season to give every single main character a time to shine. I noticed that too. Is usually there's multiple storylines going on throughout the season, but in this case, each storyline was much more emphasized. You know, you have Eleven who's moved to California and is experiencing normal kid life there and getting absolutely bullied, and then sure. you have um, Hopper's storyline where you see this uh, Russian death camp that he ends up that's in. a real prison yeah that they filmed at wild <laughs> it's a decommissioned prison and then you have the hawkins storyline with mm. the og main characters who've all gone through interesting transformations but you also see the introduction of new characters like eddie for example eddie Benson. i love this guy eddie would be my best friend if he actually existed <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we know some eddies oh yeah. man he's being held back because <laughs> he's just like yeah he's held back what like three four times i think i think at that point he's probably like like 19 or 20 yeah in high school because he's been held back a few times but like this your, is my year <laughs> yeah he's your very stereotypical 80s metalhead stoner yeah who loves D. who loves D. <laughs> i love the uh meticulous to detail recreation of the do patch on the back of his jacket that yeah, patch holy is shit. everything <laughs> i'm his sure yeah. look. you'll probably be able to buy that soon oh for sure <laughs> yeah 
I wouldn't be surprised if we see a resurgence of bands like Dio becoming popular. I mean, they already are still pretty popular, but more popular in the public eye. Oh, yeah. I mean... Uh, Funny to talk about. Yeah, that. I know what you're going to talk about. Kate Bush. And oh, her, Kate and her, Bush. And her song. I was so excited to see them using yes. Running Up That Hill, because you know, that's like one of my favorite yeah, Kate Bush songs. I play really it all song. the time. Okay, quick question. So... We talk about in the season how everyone has a song that brings yeah. them back to their happy place. What is your song to help defeat oh, Vecna? Oh, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what would be like the thing you play? What's the song to save you? Oh, shoot. I don't know. I have to. Th- <laughs> can I answer this later? <laughs> I'm going to have to think about this one for a second, to be honest. Probably Chipping In by Samurai. Oh, Yo! <laughs> like one. if I heard that, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, samurai! <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that cyberman, uh, that cyberpunk twenty seventy seven soundtrack really. Hit I home. Know every song is a banger off of that, but I think personally, mine would be a uh, Claire de Lune by Claude Debussy. Oh, jeez! All right. <laughs> nice. I don't know what that means. It's it's a classical piano song. Oh. You've probably heard it a billion times. It's possible. That's yeah. nice, man. Oh man, <laughs> my name's Argyle. I smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he was taken straight out of like you know Fast Times at Richmond High. Like that's like the character, <laughs> the stoner character, and they uh, just that was his whole vibe. Yo, his his outfit is like. 90s as hell but it's pre-90s yeah, yeah. It's, like tripping me out. it's late 80s <laughs> yeah well it's what 86 it he's yeah. four years ahead of the curve yeah, yeah. yeah bro's a trendsetter that was great um i'll have to think about that and answer it later because okay. that, that's a big one we'll I'll, I'll make a yeah i'll make a note of that answer before the the podcast ends we would love to tell you also that uh kate bush definitely wanted to be a part of this when they approached yeah. her for her song she's a big e- fan of the show mm-hmm. yeah even so now that uh on spotify as well as apple music her song running up that hill now is the number one song in yeah, america that's what stranger things in america <laughs> that's uh, dope yeah yeah um after the show got released people were like i gotta see who, who kate bush is because a lot of people probably didn't know who she probably was a lot yeah. Of gen z yeah i gotta say it's probably no, yeah. yeah i've even noticed being on tiktok is uh, a lot more people have been using that song yeah. in their tiktok so there's a specific trend actually where they ask what songs would save you from vecna and people would list their songs that sounds like something tiktok would we do. don't yeah. see that's wholesome for tiktok yeah. to be doing stuff like that this is the nicer side we don't deserve <laughs> kate bush <laughs> kate She's... bush is a legend she has so many decades of work. Yeah. If you go and look at her stuff, you just have a huge wealth of stuff I, you'll be able to I look at. I saw the best meme the other day, <laughs> and it said, I can't wait for like Jen's years to just look up Kate Bush, check yeah. out her new album, and listen to a 14 minute song about fucking a snowman. Because that is <laughs> oh, what is on yeah. her newest album. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I love that. That sounds fucking awesome. My favorite song is Cloud Bussing. Me too. Yeah, that's, that's so my cute. second favorite, actually. Dang, that's a good one too. I can't think of any good ones right now. Babushka's good. <laughs> we were listening to that when we went on our Idlewild trip. That was fun. oh wow, yeah. That's yeah true. Huh? Um, it should also be noted that Stranger Things is now the most watched show on Netflix. Um, oh, surpassing Squid Game. Surpassing, yeah. Um, um, just because people went and watched the previous season. Oh, makes sense. Um, and they have kind of more to watch, so by default, it kind of has an advantage over squid games that only has one season and so because there's more to watch there can be more hours and so it rose up pretty quickly that, that they were sense. watching the the older seasons and the newest one so i'm sure when squid games comes out with their second season they'll overtake them again oh, but either way squid games i'm so yeah excited and we'll that. definitely talk about those when oh, they come for out sure 
<laughs> so we should probably talk about who's in it. Oh yeah. yeah, we never got to that. If you've never seen, <laughs> if you've never seen Stranger Things, you'll recognize some of the biggest people, which is of course going to be Winona Ryder, who's mm. like '80s quintessential superstar for horror films and all of the things that happened afterwards. Queen. And you'll recognize her, <laughs> Queen, um, literal perfect yeah. human being. Honestly, <laughs> uh, David Harbor as Jim Hopper, who's yeah. like one of the other favorite characters on the show. Well, probably one of the favorite adults. Because all of the kids kind of are, are like their favorites. Yeah. And then you have some of the other the, the other kids. You want to go through some of them? Yeah. So this put Millie Bobby Brown on the map. She plays L or Eleven, the titular character to the entire series. Uh, the psychic kid that basically makes the entire plot go on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although they did do a good job of creating stories that weren't around her. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so you got to see how the other characters evolved and what happened to them and Big- dealing with their trauma and yeah. like literally going to another plane of existence. But ultimately, she's the chosen one. She is, yeah. Yeah, big fan of Eggo waffles. Uh, <laughs> a queen. Man, I wonder how much money that made them, that collaboration oh, right. with Eggos. <laughs> they were like, can we just use Eggo in the show? And they were like, fuck yeah, you can. Because <laughs> what the fuck else is Eggo going to yeah, do? Your Netflix, not Hulu? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, fuck Hulu. <laughs> yeah, that's real. Yeah, it's not fucking Hulu. Fuck you guys. Uh, uh, that's real as fuck because a lot of people actually don't like working with Hulu. Oh, Hulu, Hulu's original <laughs> are meh yeah honestly uh to round off our cast we have (laughs) l's boyfriend finn wolfhart as mike wheeler basically your average geeky also puberty hit him like a bus oh fuck (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah they all shot up like a foot at least yeah they they i mean i know that kid started doing weezer covers with his band oh man oh Oh, my god (laughs) Uh, Gaten Matarazzo as Dustin Henderson. Yo, yes. my man Dustin. My man Dustin. He'd True be smart. G. Literally the smartest person on the show, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every season he's the one who always figures it out. Yeah. Um, I think he, he even attributes it a lot to just knowing um, a lot about Dungeons & Dragons and nerdy shit. Oh, that whole first yeah. season, their their entire Dungeons & Dragons game just foreshadows the entire season's plot. Yeah, yeah it plays great. out in real life, which I've always liked the connection they made to the game. Even in this season, they yeah. introduced the new villain into their Dungeons & Dragons game, Vecna, yeah. who turns out to be an actual creature thing person. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we've always had like kind of just monsters and like kind of like ideas of monsters as the main villain. I yeah. give points to this for giving us an actual bad guy. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was sweet as hell. You got to see him turn into the bad guy too. Like he had reasons. I really felt for his character yeah, before he honestly. turned to Beckna. I was like, this guy's cool. He was just abused by the system. But he really does just turn to child murder. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh fuck. Okay, I guess this is what we're gonna be doing now. Uh, we also have his friend, uh, Caleb McLaughlin as Lucas Sinclair. This dude, like, he grew to like six foot. <laughs> like, and of course, he became top. a basketball player. Yeah, we'll cu- we'll <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit because they literally made the only black kid on the team in sports. But you know, whatever. <laughs> well, there there are two more. One of them gets killed by Vecna. Oh, <laughs> well, we're talking about black main characters, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, main yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah main yeah, character. Yeah. He's the he's the only black kid on the crew, and he gets put on a basketball team. Yeah, I was kind of sides eh. with the jocks a little bit. Yeah, what the fuck? Anyway, okay, okay, yeah, we'll get into that plot line. <laughs> Uh, Noah Schnapp as Will Byers, who still doesn't have anything to do 
dude, that fucking in this bowl season. Cut, bro. Yo, tell him about the bowl cut. So okay, so so Will finds out that his character is getting a haircut, and he's like, "All right, cool." Gives him a bowl cut. Goes to the guys. He's like, "Can I please get a different haircut? Because this looks dumb as fuck on a teenager." And they were like, "Nope." And they made him keep it for the entire season. I know. I like how everyone else kind of changed their look a little bit. God, but the bro. bowl cut remained. That's so mean. He uh, looks like just a larger version of himself. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's but a... think about how tiny he was when oh, he yeah. first started. He was a kid. Yeah. He's he got he got kind of bulky. Now, it's it's kind of interesting to me because, like, the internet kind of just, like, really doesn't like his character. Yeah, well, it's well, not even his fault. It's not like, even his fault. It's they, because they, they just they don't write him. him as a useless character. Yeah. The only purpose he had in the first couple seasons was something to save. They pushed yeah. him and Jonathan into Yeah, the and Jonathan barely showed up. <laughs> yeah. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Other Jonathan barely really had any lines yeah. or any point in the story besides helping the kids get from point A to point B. I suspect it has a lot to do with the popularity of the main characters. And oh, yeah. they were just not very popular. Although it is suggested that Will might be gay and that he is very much in love with Mike. I believe I can believe I it. Totally I totally yeah. feel <laughs> every time suggesting it. every time that, that guy talks, he's just like, you know, it's hard to Talk about your feelings, especially the people that you care about. He's like, and they we're put best the, friends, right? They put the sappy music behind it. I'm like, dude, he's going to kiss yeah. Mike right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's obviously super jealous of the relationship that the dude has with Eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Because he kind of he kind of tells on her. Yeah. Um. At some point in the story, we'll we'll talk about it more. But, I mean, that was yeah. I think for their own good. But. Yeah. Yeah. You've also yeah. got the the rest of the cast, which are also uh, just as important. You got uh, Sadie, Sadie Singh as Max, who She's became great. such a cool character. Oh yeah. In the newest season, love her. They like introduce her as sort of an outsider to the group, and then really gets integrated with the group, and they do a lot to make her character important and deal with the trauma of what had happened to her in previous mm-hmm. seasons. So she was a cool character. She also is the main reason why Kate Bush's song was used yeah. in the show. Yeah. Because that's her favorite song. Yeah, it's like her, yeah, it's her favorite song. She listened to it on a loop while very, she's trying to escape Very in. tomboyish, very, like, just does what she wants, and I respect her for it. Oh, yeah. Also saw her brother get murdered in the yeah, previous season. That's kind of fucked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just what, a little. There's just, Natalie Dyer, too. Okay, Best girl. Nancy Wheeler. Best girl. Who I think is kind of the most popular um, like teen character that's not an adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Besides Winona Ryder, people love Nancy. And she became like one of the most favorite, which is why I think she has so much screen time in this season. Um, and then she's also kind of revisiting her relationship with Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk about whether or not we think she should be with Steve. I think she should. But like... But I digress. (laughs) uh, Charlie Heaton as Jonathan Byers. Literally the most boring character. I feel so bad for him as an actor. (laughs) He uh, he had a lot more to do in past seasons. Yeah, he was doing a lot. It's it's because I think he was in previous storylines trying to like get with Nancy. So he was doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, and sort of the emphasis was on their relationship. Yeah. And then they got together and he was like... "Mm." I don't really know if I want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, that also moved yeah. across the country. Yeah. Well, it, was, it was weird. Uh, we have Joe Curious, Steve Harrington, the man with the best hair in Hawkins. I love what they did with his character because he originally started as a jock character. Yeah. And then became a very nice and caring person and like a father figure for Is a lot babysitter? of the way, yeah. <laughs> And a babysitter. They make jokes about it, how yeah. he ends up babysitting the kids most of the time. Uh, what was it? There's always the joke about when he was in his like uh, sailor uniform that like you will never talk to my kids again, and it's just like him like moving all the kids throughout the yeah. theater. 
(laughs) There is also the inclusion of a younger sister for the Sinclair family. And she's great because she gets introduced into the Dungeons and Dragons world and she's very good. So I I like what they did with her character. She she wasn't like useless in any way. She, in fact, was like one of the stronger characters Mm -hmm. to show up in the series. Uh, Maya Hawk is Robin Buckley. She's she's, uh, she's great. She's uh Steve's best friend, right? Yeah, she's super funny. Um it's they they are very much going into the storyline that um she's lesbian as well and that mm-hmm. she's trying to find a girlfriend. And so everybody's assuming that her and Steve are like in a relationship because they're so close, but they they're not interested in each other. They're at all. platonic with a capital P. <laughs> and that's a joke that goes throughout the story. What's interesting too about being in this time setting and also being gay is I feel like being gay was definitely more of a topic of discussion in the public eye, but at the same time it wasn't fully accepted by everyone. Not at all. And so you can't just be outwardly gay like you would no. in say this time period. And so there's that interesting uh, element brought into her character constantly hiding her true identity her true self didn't mention it but you know this is very close to the aids epidemic and how people felt about gay people who thought that Mm -hmm. every single gay person had aids at that time and i think that's a big running theme is um sort of how the outcasts or things that aren't understood in society are then demonized and you see that with the dungeons and dragons player there was at that time also the big satanic panic and people Mm -hmm. thought that playing things like dungeons and dragons was going to make you sacrifice something and then (laughs) here's poor eddie at the scene of a crime and he's like the leader of their dungeons and dragons i love that uh they're like i know it's true i read it on the paper it's an epidemic yeah (laughs) (laughs) even the 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 new jock character who takes over who's very much your typical small town jock who's very religious yeah but i appreciate them bringing this in during this time period yeah. because i've even seen in the last year or two another resurgence of a satanic panic essentially yeah we're seeing the rise of extremists like evangelical extremists and that rhetoric is being pushed way way more than it was in the years prior and there's definitely becoming a divide of religion of if you're not with us you're against us and you're yeah. a demon essentially the popularity of religion has taken a dive though that is true. a lot of people are not interested which in i some think of the almost religions. led rise to these extremists popping out yeah. of the woodwork yeah because it's the only like they're just people who are like no it has to be this yeah so definitely i agree but and i personally think sense. that religion should die <laughs> <laughs> it's a great topic that we'll have to discuss yeah. <laughs> at some point um uh, my personal favorite character Brett Gelman, yeah, as Murray, I love that dude. That dude is great. Um, I oh like that he God. actually became a very useful character, and not just like a blundering sort of character that he they, he was portrayed as in the beginning, like a like a conspiracy theorist, crazy dude. Oh yeah, I love that. Uh, he learned black. He got a black belt in karate. And taekwondo. He kicked ass. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. not <laughs> expecting it. He took down all those Russian soldiers. Bought some dude on a moving plane. Also proceeded to then land the plane somehow without killing everybody. Yeah, wild. I, what did he say? Like my my legs are like spears. My <laughs> arms are like iron. My head like yeah, terrible terrifying. mantra that he says to himself terrifying. every time he's fighting. I love that. Um, um, his his whole plot line w- with Winona's character was one of the best thing uh, parts of the show. I it's think it's so wholesome it too. Wholesome. It's. What you rarely see in TV shows is a purely platonic yeah. relationship between a grown man and woman. Yeah, that's true. Because almost always they at some point will work in some sort of romantic arc. Yeah. But they always remain buddies. Like yeah. Like best buddies. I think it's mostly because they wanted to preserve the idea that her and Hopper were still interested in each other. Even still, they've 
but I feel I like agree. other companies would try to throw in yeah. some like love triangle and oh he's jealous of their relationship. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But I appreciate what they're doing here. Definitely. I'm gonna round off the cast real quick. Then we got Jamie Campbell Bauer as number one or Vecna. Is that Basically. the younger version of him? Yeah, yeah. I think the actor plays both versions, no? He does. Yeah. Basically, like, for Vecna, oh, that's right, that's they right. use a lot of majority CGI, like 90% CGI on him. No, it's the opposite, actually. No? On Vecna, it's 90% practical effects. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. and they use very little CGI. In fact, that's he had I mean. to sit in the chair to get makeup put on him for several hours. Jeez. They, in some cases, it was, like, up to seven hours he would sit there to get makeup put on, and then he would film, like, minutes <laughs> of oh. content and then have to get it all torn off. That's awful. Yeah. I mean, it's worth He's it. Getting paid. Yeah, yeah, you're getting paid a lot of money. Yeah, you're getting that's paid true. that much to sit in a chair and have people work on you all day. Yeah, worth it. Mm. <laughs> I would definitely do something and like that. And then you get to show up and murder some kids. Yo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> was there? Oh, we should also mention that we mentioned earlier um, Robert England shows up. So, yeah. kind of like a small ish role. Yeah. As, He's a, as he Victor minor Creel. character. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, then we have like just two more. Edward Franco's Argyle usually plays the stoner kind of yeah. dumb high schooler kind of character in most of the media that he's in. Uh, I know him particularly as being Theo from Booksmart. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, I totally forgot about he's that. He's a dude that definitely wants to bang his teacher in that movie <laughs> and does so. It's, it seems <laughs> accurate for his character, though. I love that he meets uh, the older sister of, of Dustin's girlfriend. Oh the yeah, house, yeah, and they, oh, and they yeah. hang out in the van smoking weed. <laughs> he was like, "I'll do anything you want, man." <laughs> <laughs> it was a great small like side, yeah, story. a true simp. The, I love it. Oh the, yeah, he immediately the purple palm tree delight, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out with a strain like that. You Somebody's see that in dispos advertised as Stranger Things strain. Uh yeah, they'll do like a variation of the name or something yeah. so they don't get sued. <laughs> depends and if then, they copyrighted that name oh dang you're right because mm-hmm. they could totally steal the name yeah and, uh, new, point. new to the cast we got joseph quinn as eddie munson yeah eddie eddie uh, although he was not on screen for very much time huge popularity oh people yeah. love this character um and he's considered a foil so like the opposite of what the jock character was the new jock character so they they very much are at odds with each other so I've been on edge of my seat, on the edge of my seat this entire season, because every season there is a Barb character. Oh, right. The Barb character being an innocent person that the people love that gets killed in the fucking story. So there's still two more episodes. So... Yeah. So we in the first season we had Barb, which Nancy yeah. definitely left to go get some Steve Harrington with. Yeah, she oh, did. Yeah. And she gets pulled into the pool. You um, know, I wonder if that's part of the reason why they broke up. Besides the fact that Steve was an absolute dick in the beginning, but oh, yeah. she also attributed that relationship to her best friend's death. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. It could very much be that. Uh season two we had Bob. No, my boy. Mr. Yeah. Sam. What the fuck? <laughs> the nicest character ever. Yeah. So, yeah. One of, who was the nicest character Bob then? Bob Newby. And no. then in, in the third season, we had Alexi. Yeah. The little the Russian uh, prisoner who they basically made him show him how America was. Yeah. They gave him, like, Slurpees, took him to the fair, and he got capped. God, yo, <laughs> I forgot about that. was that. sad. And so this sad. season, we haven't had someone die. And I've been on the fence. It's either Argyle 
Or it's Eddie Munson. No, no, it was the cheerleader girl in the beginning. You remember? No, no, no. We're talking. But a, she didn't matter. We're that talking much, a main though. character oh. that people love. Yeah. That people well, Barb wasn't about. a main character. She, she was, was there for like five minutes and then died. Afterwards, Ooh, they that's... made they made. I guess I guess you are right. Well, because the the high school sweetheart, the cheer captain or whatever, <laughs> she was the first person to die, and she was the reason everyone thought Eddie was a murderer. Right, because she was buying drugs from She's him. She's buying weed from, <laughs> from, from Eddie. Well, so... she was buying ketamine from him actually. Special K. Yeah, she got weed from it first, but the reason why she went over to his place is so she could get ketamine. Oh, I thought they were doing coke, but okay. No. It was <laughs> Because they were being, she was being plagued by these visions, and she wanted yeah. something that would just knock her the ah, fuck out. Yeah. Okay, so I will, that. I will reiterate this again. Then <laughs> it is, it is a secondary character that people love. Okay, so a secondary character that the audience falls in love with is what yeah. basically has been the running theme. I feel like it's going to be Eddie. I honestly think it will be too. I think it's going to be Eddie because. Um, he kind of became a really strong archetype. No, I think it's going to be Jonathan. Oh, Ooh. I didn't even consider that. Mainly it could because be. they've been just diminishing to write him his out. character to write him out. He'd be easy to write out. Yeah. Plus, Take... he, it'll also hit close to home, though, because you've grown yeah. so attached to, to everybody. Him. Take Will first. No, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> One of the least Come popular. Full circle. <laughs> okay, so really dumb, but they've done so much promotion for like the Stranger Things. They made a secret layer with Magic the Gathering. All the cards are cool. They did. Except for Will's. And I think they did that <laughs> shit on purpose, too. Yeah. Wh- wh- <laughs> Man, fuck Will. <laughs> like, honestly, they, this is not a meme anymore. They just don't like his character. And... Oh, man. Yeah, I, I mean, after that bowl cut, oh, they were like, dude, fuck this character. He, he looks wrecked, man. He looks awful. He's super <laughs> tall, though. He's he's huge. I'm he looks like he's wearing like, clothes that's too small <laughs> is what's happening through the whole season. Um, so, so we could probably just get in the plot then. Yeah. So th- I, the reason why we went through the details of all of the characters is because you get to see them pretty equally throughout the show and they all have their roles to play. So mm-hmm. uh, the main uh, appeal of the show is that it's designed the way a Dungeons and Dragons game will be designed where you have characters to root for. And so if you know who everybody is, it's important to know who everybody is in the show so that you then can connect with people. It's why it's so popular. People find a character that they are most like and then connect with them and then watch the show because they root for them. It's why Eddie Munson's character became so popular for a lot of people because they're like they were that quintessential kid who was not only a nerd, but he was also like into metal and rock and a punk basically for that time period. So to start with. I mean, what are your initial thoughts? Do you like the season? Do you think it's like one of the best ones they've come out with? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think it's the strongest season they've made so far. I think it helps a lot that they are able to create hour-long episodes, like longer pieces, because the previous ones were shorter. And so they they had to kind of uh, cut things out and choose what they were going to show you, whereas in this one, they put everything they wanted. I think what really works, too, is oftentimes I find hour-long episodes to drag out and find really dull points. But because they had these three different storylines going on, it stayed interesting the whole time. It was all action all the time. Yeah. Very little downtime, not a whole lot of like intimate communication moments that I think personally are very boring, especially for shows like this. <laughs> they kept it interesting all the way yeah. through, and each storyline is super unique. That's just good writing. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's yeah. really good writing, and I think it's because, one, it's a duo, so they're both able to write and bounce ideas off each other. Mm-hmm. But they also had about a, a four or five other writers that they were working with, so they kind of had a writing room for the entire show that they were creating. And it's why they extended it out into these three stories because they had the time for it. And they didn't want to make it boring. They've made a lot of points 
that they did not want to make it really slow at some points because they knew people were binge watching it. Yeah, so they, like us. They, yeah, we watched the entire series like in what two days? It was like three days. It was like but three still. days, but that was only because we had to go to sleep for work and, and work. Yeah. Yeah. So if we had the choice, we probably would watch. Oh, it for sure, all in one day. Um, I would then, have yeah. planted my ass on that couch. <laughs> I would have called Uber Eats. Yeah, get some takeout. <laughs> I mean, this show created a lot of the original ideas for what shows you would binge watch. Like they created these quote unquote binge worthy shows and it became like a um, selection that you can choose in Netflix. Like you yeah. go down and you choose there's like, a tab for you know, binge worthy yeah, shows now. Yeah. And it's because they know the what show, they're doing. Yeah. Definitely knew what they were doing with it. And so I think it's one of the, one of the better seasons. Um, I liked uh, the longer length because it did remind me of a higher production show, say like game of Thrones Yeah, where you had these, uh, although game of Thrones, We'll talk about some other time because they're ending. We should do an episode on Game of Thrones. You could, I think, because of the nature of, like, what is their impending doom, <laughs> which is the, the White Walkers and things like that. So maybe we will do one. Winter is coming. Yeah. Must be with that nerd shit. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was very happy to see Hopper because oh, he was yeah. probably one of my favorite characters just because of how much he cares about all the other kids and his relationship with them. And how much he takes care of Eleven at some point. Yeah. So to see him, like, quote-unquote, die at the season was terrible for me. And I think what I really appreciated about this season is you get to know a little bit more about Hopper. I mean, you kind of have yeah. some ideas of his past, that he did have a family at some point. Right. But they really went into it this time where he was discussing, I think when he was in the war, they were utilizing some sort of chemical oh agent God. that they were working with all the time and you know the military is of course like you know it's fine you'll be fine nothing's gonna happen to you where everybody comes back and all of a sudden they're having all these health issues and their children are having these crazy birth defects it's uh agent orange yeah and so you find out that he did have a daughter at some point that was born healthy but developed some rare condition and actually passed away and shortly after that his wife left he turned to alcohol and drugs and just his whole life fell to shit and then L was sort of like the light for him. Yeah, it it brought him back chance. to himself. Yeah. It gave him a reason to start living again. And I think that's why his character is able to persist the way he did because he had yeah. that motivation of this is my family and I have to protect them yeah, at all costs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's really sad, but also very endearing. It's hugely endearing for such a macho and tough character yeah. to be doing this Because he's on a screen. badass motherfucker <laughs> yeah, the way through. He goes through a lot. In the prison and in yeah, previous seasons. Yeah, he, he even survived a Russian death camp. And he went to some extreme lengths, including breaking his own foot <sighs> so he could get his cuffs off. Yeah. Fighting uh, a military official Making... bare hands, blowing <laughs> yeah. up a shack, escaping into the forest, almost escaping the country, and then getting betrayed by Yuri. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Yo, I love Yuri, but fuck Yuri. He's a um... crazy dude. I wanted to bring up that with this new season, it answers a lot of questions that I had from the previous season yeah. uh, with the darker tone. So uh, I love that because the last season, it was kind of a play on an invasion of the body snatchers. Definitely. I didn't really feel like the impact that was happening on Hawkins was really happening until I actually found out that the mind flare or the giant amalgam was a bunch of people and dead rats combined together. With fertilizer, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh God! Um, yeah, for, or more like I forgot that because uh, season three was pretty interesting. They dropped the entire Russian subplot except yeah. for the prison, uh, but in this time, it's like when 
they finally get hit up by the government and they take L to the, her secret base. And then they have two agents watching the wheelers and the, um, uh, Luke's family. Yo, who the fuck was uh, the Will... agent who takes out like eight or nine? Dude, dudes? that guy was Yo. sweet, just badass, unknown agent guy. Yeah. Also, can we talk about the other agent that was literally put into an Iron Maiden? Yeah, fucking eight. So, for those who aren't versed in medieval torture, an <laughs> Iron Maiden is essentially an iron casket that they would put prisoners into and then heat up the casket. Which these, um, I guess they're FBI, maybe CIA officials. Army. Are, were they army? They, they were, were. They were some sort of yeah. special forces. They but weren't. Um. They weren't like one of the known government agencies. They one were of like the shadow government yeah. agencies. <laughs> but essentially, they captured one of the agents, tortured so him for up. information by heating up this thing with these heat lamps, which yeah. is absolutely insane. He got. So he basically got roasted every time. Uh, he now put that it just up makes me there. wonder what kind of methods of torture we're imploring that we just aren't aware of. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. I, I mean, get... we all know about the typical waterboarding, but what else? Yeah. I gotta say. Uh, uh, as soon as like they're ordering pizza during like the scene, yeah, and eventually like the di- guy opens the door and they just start shooting, kill like pretty much almost kills the other agent and then like bullets rain through the entire house. I was just like, this is, oh yeah, people could die here right this now. Is this, is, this, is then, this is a different show. This is different. Argyle rolling up thinking he's just delivering a pizza. God. Yo, man, Wheeler's... Are you imagine like, being stoned and this happens? And you're like, oh, my God. But oh, yeah, has a full-blown panic attack. Buyers just throwing a party without me? Not cool, man. <laughs> uh, I uh, love it. That, uh, that unknown agent does die, which is whack. Yeah. Because he was so cool for, like, five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, dang. Hey, he endured a lot of torture, too. Yeah. Before he eventually gave up. Uh, I'm talking about the the one who oh, saved them. the guy who went oh, through like yeah, seven yeah, yeah. magazines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. He fucking he actually hit something and wasn't just useless. And it was funny because they were playing up their characters to be very boring and useless. And he just comes out of nowhere and kills these dudes. And so that was a that was definitely a cool scene and something that was memorable for that. Um, was there any other characters you guys were excited to see? Say like Winona Ryder's character or Nancy or you know any of the main ones. I always love seeing. Joyce Byers in this yeah, yeah uh, I was series. about to say I stand the adult trio yeah She's they great. they got it going uh their chemistry with Murray and Hopper are always on point yeah and I love that they are going all the way out of the way to Alaska to do this deal and, and they lie to the kids and yeah. so none of the kids know that they have like any. Yeah, danger. she's on a business trip. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I, I'm. It's funny because like at this point they really shouldn't be lying to the kids because they've gone through so much shit. But they are very much wanting to protect them from like all the dangerous things that are well, happening. Yeah, I feel like what they have been dealing with before was within the realm of supernatural, and ironically enough, something that they were capable of handling more. Right. But in this case, the adults were dealing with. Um, the military from a foreign country yeah not only that a foreign country who is known for their brutal military yeah they they played up the uh red scare idea of of, of the communist russia during the 80s mm-hmm. and the cold war and all the other things that were happening so it's a time where or it's a time frame that has a lot of things going on yeah you got the red scare <laughs> yeah. the satanic panic yeah heavy metals on the rise the aids epidemic aids epidemic but i i do have to ask then what did you guys think about its connection to Dungeons and Dragons? Do you want to be in the Spitfire Club? Like Hellfire. <laughs> or Hellfire? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Is yeah. it Hellfire? It's Hellfire. Yeah. Hellfire Club. I was Which doesn't help stoked. their case at all. No, everyone thinks does they're not. a bunch of Satanists. It is not. Um, I love that the other members of Hellfire are just his band. 
and like yeah. the kids, but yeah. like majority of them are just like his band members. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so um, he also gets very offended when somebody does not want to go to a night of of Dungeons and Dragons and makes them find a replacement, which is also kind of funny because they're. It seemed like they were kind of making a meme out of people who take it really serious. Oh yeah, and like don't want to have replacement members in their group. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but I, mean, I love I, that I, montage kinda... that they have. Uh, where it's just like, so you f- attack people with dice? It's like so dumb. But I also like the comparison between Dungeons and Dragons and then um, Lucas having his basketball team. Because, yes. I mean, basketball is pretty much useless. The only thing it's good for <laughs> is glory. You're just throwing balls around. But same thing goes for Dungeons and Dragons. You're playing an imaginary game and you're throwing dice around. Basketball is an imaginary game, too. I mean, what's the real goal? We're throwing balls into hoops. Yeah. That's so fucking boring. God, I hope but we get basketball hate. I hope so. <laughs> this would be so funny. Come for me. But I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, what's the I, point? I, what I like, what's the point? Yeah. What I like no, is they're the, both important to the person who's playing. Yeah, I get you. I like the dynamic that they have where uh both the, the main characters, Dustin being one of them and the jock guy being the other, they totally fail when they're like faced with the giant challenge and it's the the Sinclairs who get it. At the same exact time. Yeah, what a great montage of like intercutting these two scenes where they both are successful. Um, I felt like it was particularly really good because they made sure that these two characters were the ones to have that success, and then um, dealt with like uh, his character kind of going off with the jocks and figuring out his own loyalties to people. That stuff was whack. It was, dude, so whack. <laughs> um, I I think obviously it was because he's like. I need to fit in somewhere. And like, this is the most normal his life has ever been is being on the basketball team, being a basketball star and like nothing weird is happening. So that's like something he wants to do. But then on the other side, he's experienced all of these things with people and admits to Max at some point that he just wasn't there for her. In a way, he almost has a responsibility to go and assist his friends because he's the most qualified for the job. Yeah, exactly. And he's gone through so much stuff with them that they can't ever not be friends. Mm-hmm. And so um, even though he does give them up at some point, he does help them later on and then becomes really important in Max's storyline and what happens to her. So they did do a nice evolution of his character and how you deal with like growing up and just wanting to be a part of something. Um, and for the nerdy kids, it was that club. Yeah. I got to yeah. say that the opposite end of the spectrum, because we haven't had bullies in a while in Stranger Things, probably since season one. Oh, Shit. man. So finally we get to these fucking basketball players. I've never wanted to punch kids more. Well, not only, <laughs> not only the jock basketball players the that girls. formed like this militia, but then you also have Elle's storyline in California where she has these horrible Ooh. mean girls who are attacking her for no fucking reason. Yo. Not only that, but making dead dad jokes. Yeah, that fucked. was fun. Yeah, they really were like dead dad joke. I'm so glad she got fucking hit in the face with the skate. Oh, oh God, yeah. she deserved more than just that. Just blitzed her face. Just like, oh! Well, even though she got hit in the face, she also got L arrested. She got in trouble, yeah, which is bullshit. She was going to go to fucking Juvie. Yeah. 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 Until secret forces rolled up and, and stole her away. Yeah, that was kind of wild. Because I was yeah. like, oh, no, she's like actually going to prison. I was like, we're going to well, have a prison I arc? Thought, <laughs> okay, yeah, right? So I actually had a moment of panic in that scene where she's being delivered to the juvenile hall. You see these three unmarked vehicles rolling up. I thought it was the military dudes that were trying to kill Elle. Yeah, so I, I had a moment too. of panic, but it turns out it was actually the researchers. 
yeah who, who are I, their own i'm pretty sort of sure group. they had like fbi badges too so it's possible that they were a secret sect of those organizations yeah you know i know that the doctor himself who basically made the facility used to work with l and then eventually you're talking about brenner yeah yeah but uh the other one too the guy that that is in all the yeah they the they go to his home they go to his home and stuff what was his name again I I'd have to look at the He's a very famous actor and I can't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> Unnamed famous actor. Yeah. Uh... Oh, he he plays <laughs> I remember where I, I I know him from. He plays um Miles Tenner's dad and Whiplash. Uh, Paul Reiser as Sam Owens. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Owens. Yeah. So Mr. Owens used to be a big character back in like season 1 a little bit and then they fell off after Everything happened. He was uh, one of Hawkins. the adult characters that was not very popular. And no. so people were, were not too excited to be seeing him. Um, but it's it's good to finally get some closure on Elle's past, to finally learn a lot of things that have happened. So that brings me to... Trauma. Some, sorry. That brings me to a question, yeah. kind of a theory I have. Is Elle responsible for creating the creatures in the Upside Down? No. And where did the upside down come from? Because she is responsible for creating Vecna. Yeah, yeah, they definitely connected those two. I think they established that the upside down has existed for a long time. But what's interesting though is in this season, you see when Nancy and crew go to the upside down, it's essentially frozen in time. It was created at a very specific point, and that was when Will disappeared into the upside down. So why was it frozen at that specific time? Um, I'm guessing because, uh, like certain events will happen and freeze it in that time, the same way that when Vecna or when, um, yeah, when he first went in, it was like an older, like fifties style. And so it could be that, but it, they don't really explain it. I, I feel <laughs> like, um, there's just an eldritch world underneath like there, but L made the gate to it. Yeah. And then it, because Vecna gained power through that. He and he has the ability to so slow time. So he's just time. existing. He has the there. ability to slow time in this area in Hawkins. It's probably slowed down to be eighty three. Mm-hmm. That's what I. That's what I get. Because the thing is, like, I was wondering how. I was wondering that too when he finally gets sent into the upside down, and I was like, oh, there's just tentacles already. It looks like it's already been here for a minute. Okay, so it's it's our the he didn't make the upside down. The upside down was already established. But the upside down made him. That's right. Yeah, it influenced how he... That's why he looks the way he does, um, because of the kind of creature he became. Well, he also got incinerated by L, so there's that, too. If yeah. I think, if anything, the upside-down energy fused with him, essentially healing him, yeah. but transforming him into this creature. So I think I was unclear about how this happened, and I asked you when we were watching it, too. So Okay, so I, I actually developed a new theory, because initially I thought <laughs> that... Um, he was the character of one was placed into this, uh, how would you call it? It was the tank that she goes into in order to do this treatment oh, process. Oh, the sensory deprivation tank. Yeah. Yeah. And they basically manifest this alternate reality for her to exist in. They send her back into her own memories. Right. And so I thought they had placed one as sort of being like a assisting character to help her through this. But what I actually think since trauma was a big discussion of this season is that through her trauma she actually rewrote her memories and in fact she was not the one to murder all of the children but it was one instead but she somehow blamed herself 
Oh. And mm. rewrote her memories. And the point of going back and revisiting these memories is to reestablish that she actually was not the villain. If anything, she was the hero. Yeah. So was it Vecna then? Who killed all the kids and that's why she killed him? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I like at that, that point, At that point, she sends Vecna back to the or into the upside down he becomes who he is but she had to send him there first and then while that's happening brenner comes out to find her alone what have you done Mm -hmm. oh that makes kind of sense and probably even implanted false memories in order to diminish some of her power because if you remember he was terrified of her he actually wanted to kill her yeah yeah Definitely. He was formulating a plot to turn the other students against her. He also put like an inhibitor in one yeah. to like lessen his powers. So that Because he was terrified yeah. of him too. Um I love oh, this shit. twist. Yeah, I, I I would I would like if the storyline played out like that. Because it's still kind of like it's unclear in a lot of ways. So they I think they're going to answer these in the next few episodes. Because we technically haven't seen the conclusion. Mm-hmm. of this season so that's why we're speculating so much yeah <laughs> because it could end in a, in a bunch of different ways um this is also the introduction like mer mentioned earlier of an actual like villain that's tangible and it's because he transformed into that villain but then you also have a villain in brenner who's been torturing kids <laughs> and essentially like manipulating time. everything yeah. from behind the scenes yeah. i mean he was the one who told 11 that her parents didn't exist when yeah, in fact they do she was stolen from her parents yeah yeah, we found that. I mean, she even got to visit her mom in season two. Yeah. And then her other sister, number six, quote yeah. unquote sister. Crazy. He also proceeded to torture one on probably multiple occasions, although we only see one of those occasions because he yeah. chose to help out Eleven with gaining more power, essentially. Especially sadistic at some points because mm-hmm. he's like basically putting a collar that's like a shock collar on, on children. Yeah, on yeah. kids. So it's like this is definitely something you're like, oh, this is fucked up. I wanted to ask you, how do you guys feel about, I mean, Hawkins, like ever since the the iteration of like the Demogorgon and how it's played out over all the seasons until now? Uh, It feels like they were building on the storyline, so they couldn't give you everything at once. Mm -hmm. So what they did was introduce the possibility of going somewhere else. Then once you were there, there's a creature in there, but it's not the only creature. And And then there's a bigger creature, and then they kept building on it to make it more impressive. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of how you do world building. So it makes sense that they Mm -hmm. they played out the seasons the way they did. The first season played out like it was a giant government facility testing on children. Are you aware of Montauk? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the actual facility yeah. where they tested on children. Yeah, yeah, it's fucked. And they found a gateway to time travel, but I don't want to talk about That's that right now. That's a great... We'll save that cur- for a conspiracy yeah, hour. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, the, oh man. How do you spell that? So people M-O- can go Google it. M-O-N-T-A-U-K. Yeah. Montauk. Have fun with that. Google it's an actual, like, it's it's what Hawkins is based on. And there's a lot of people who have said that they they were kids there or they knew kids there. Yeah. And then at some point, someone talks about interdimensional travel, that being time travel. And so I recommend checking out and doing a little bit of research. We'll go more in depth on the conspiracy hour. No, definitely. And for those who think that this is all just sci-fi and fantasy, there's actually a lot of uh, evidence to support these theories. Things like MKUltra, which are known public knowledge but then also the declassified mind control shit the declassified cia documents which discuss them researching into psychic abilities which i have a few documents on my phone pretending to that (laughs) they've been trying to weaponize psychic powers for a long time 
Mm-hmm. Since they're like the early and 40s. the U.S. isn't the only one to attempt no, this. Russia has attempted yeah. this. China specifically has attempted this. There's, Japan as well. There's a lot of like similarities throughout the season. Like in season two, when all the pumpkins die, there was an entire town in the Midwest where they were trying out different pesticides and did not tell the residents of that town. Yep, mm-hmm. all kinds of of uh, so weird there's, stuff. There's we're, a lot of uh, bits of truth that lends a lot of credibility to how the storyline will wow. play out. And it's why people like it. Wow. So much. wow. John, would you say that art imitates life? <laughs> I hate that line, but yes, <laughs> I'd say incredible. vice versa too. Yeah it's, oh, yeah. it's kind of the, um, you take, it's what makes things so believable in a lot of cases for people is that it has that little bit of truth. And so, um, it's why they'll usually include things like this and conspiracy theories are always fun to look into. Um, although some of these are not conspiracy theories, MK Ultra was real. Yeah. <laughs> so it's more along the lines of how extreme was it, and whether or not and how, how much, much do we actually yeah, know about it? Know? How much unclassified stuff is being released to the public that people can right. read? So because let's be real, they're not going to share their findings with the public. That would cause an absolute panic amongst everybody. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that is in fact proven to be real that we simply just don't know about yet. And if you think that you would know about it as a public citizen, come on, really? You think anyone's actually going to tell us uh, that? You're, you're just a cog in the machine, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Which I understand. I mean, you see the way people first react to the pandemic, going into absolute panic mode, buying up all of the toilet paper and eggs. And that was just for you know, a disease that was going around. Imagine if it was something like aliens, which there are actually been conferences within the government the last few weeks where they're finally disclosing a lot more evidence and establishing a force of research. A lot of it is them being like, we saw it, but we don't really know what it is. And that's (laughs) it. We don't know what it is. Yeah, that's their, that's their like cover for it. Um, I for sure believe that if we discovered aliens visiting us and we told everybody, panic oh, like yeah. nobody would be cool with this idea because there's so many people who are just like terrified of of life and so yeah. like to, yeah. to find out something like that would just cause an insane but now we are panic. seeing government officials yeah. holding public conferences about uh what do they call them now uafs or they changed the name yeah, from ufo to like something else it's it's something weird they, they i think it's because there was so much oh uaps yeah. unidentified aerial phenomenon um <laughs> uh, so we should talk about it more on the conspiracy uh, hour in regards to what they're bringing up in the show. Mm-hmm. I do have two more questions, and I think we're getting closer to the end. Oh, definitely. We're so, actually past time. Yeah, we're well <laughs> past the time that we usually talk about it. It's just because there's so much. Yeah. Um, so one of the bigger questions, which we mentioned earlier, is do you think Will's gay? And how will that play into his relationship with Mike? Because this is an interesting plot line within the 80s timeline that they're in. <laughs> thinks about it i think oh now that you mention it well now, no no now that you mention it it seems like if will confesses before mike could get an answer he will be the barb for the episode maybe uh yeah it could very much be that um he'll confess a lot of his feelings and then won't get a chance to kind of act on those because yeah. of what happens so that's very much a real the thing, thing is they're happened. not writing this character wonderfully as no. they are for the other ones. So I don't really have yeah. much to In their defense, they it. have like <laughs> 10 plus people they need to write for. So there is like a lot of variation in who they're including. So they could have done better with his character. But they also do have a lesbian character in another one. So she's getting a nice storyline played out and her interest in other people is something that they've taken note of. So it's not like a... It, the story is not homophobic to start with, <laughs> which is usually how these stories get sanitized throughout certain time periods, which is including that there had to be a gay character in the 80s. 
So it's like this makes sense to have that character there. Um, I very, hope they do have a very coming of age moment like that. Yeah, be very this is also when you're age. sorting out how you might feel about other people in your own sexuality. So it wouldn't surprise me if he was just like, actually, he's like, uh, you're like more than a best friend to me. And then Mike is like, what? Because <laughs> he's probably not gay. Yeah. <laughs> so having to deal with that and. You know, I don't know. Mike could be gay because if you've noticed in this last season, they were sort of exploring his relationship with Elle and the fact that he doesn't really show affection for her. Ooh, he doesn't. That's true. He even says it too, where he's like, "What do you want from me?" Like, (laughs) yeah, that's that's one of their like quote unquote arguments. Elle has to go away, and they just decide to live with each other. Well, he also is in a position where he's not telling her that he loves her, and she very much is like, "I love you." Mm -hmm. And so that is another part of their relationship too. But they're also really young, so it's like they, you know, they're dealing with that seriousness of a relationship. But she's aware enough of her emotions and what she wants out of a relationship. I feel like it's not too far off to expect the same from him. Oh, yeah. It's definitely something that she's valid in expecting out of a relationship. (laughs) He said I loved you in season three. He did do it. But did he mean it or did he just say it? Mm -hmm. Because that was expected of him. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm interested to know how that'll play out. Another relationship I want to talk about. Does Nancy Wheeler... Should she stay with Steve or should she stay with Jonathan or go with Steve? Fuck Jonathan. Yeah, fuck Because Steve is my favorite and yeah. they're, they have so much on-screen chemistry. It's ridiculous. Low-key, <laughs> Steve has a lot more depth and development than Will's yeah. ever had or the other guy ever had. Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I feel like uh, it's the it's the same thing that Murray mentioned in season two with Jonathan and uh, what's what Nancy. How yeah. like there's trauma there. So there's there's something to connect They're to. They're trauma bonded. They're yeah, trauma bonded. So, so here's the thing, yeah. though. While that is correct, in the first season they had that trauma, Nancy has gone through way more shit with Steve. Definitely. That's why they were so well connected. I mean, that's not even mentioning when they were like getting chased by the mind flare in the back of the car. Then Dustin and Susie had to sing Never Ending Story. Why did that happen? It was adorable. <laughs> uh but yeah, I think she should get back with Steve, honestly. I agree. I, I, he's a hunk. Yeah. Straight up, they made him shirtless in this <laughs> fucking season. Hunk. I was like, that's my boy he right has, there. He's also matured quite a bit. That's there, very he true. He has heart. Yeah, he no. has matured. There's also a very, very special moment with Eddie Munson where Eddie is like, I saw her jump into that water after you with no hesitation. And if that's not true love, I don't know what is. <laughs> and it's like, he basically confirms it. And so like, I think they very much are like, yeah, we have to put these characters back together. Also for popularity, people loved their couple mm-hmm. in the show. So it makes sense for them to get back together. Eddie's going to be the barb, isn't he, dude? Oh, oh definitely. God, no. <laughs> I feel like it's either him or Will. <laughs> like at this point, after discussing it with you guys. Or Jonathan. Yeah, I feel like Jonathan's just gonna get written out in a different way. Like he's nah, not gonna he die. Should die. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> nah, that dude, dude should if, fucking die. If they really wanted to make me upset, they'd kill Argyle. Yeah, no, I'd be fucking pissed. Honestly, <laughs> leave him alone. Yeah. He's a he's a beautiful it's creature. A very real possibility. Um, all right. So, do you have? Uh, well, I wanted to bring up a question. Yeah. Do you have any other questions? Thoughts? Yeah. So this is a big one. Uh, we could probably get through it. So, how did you feel about the villain's main way of attacking? going into people's past trauma basically throughout the entire town of Hawkins and finding the weakest person with the weakest will and basically the idea of what they have in their mind. Basically using trauma as a fucking sword to kill people. Definitely. So I really like this idea because knowing about 
uh, how should I say, ghosts and other sort of creatures like this, Makes is sense. they feed off of energy. Now, something that exists in the upside down, you would think of it as being essentially a negative entity. And so it feeds off of negative energy. So this creature going in and emphasizing the trauma and the pain and the grief that are in people feeding off of that. And then you see even in the upside down, his little palace, he has all of his victims wrapped up in these like vines around yeah, his home. He so he's he continuously feeding off of their pain and misery making himself stronger. And I think one of the characters even said that he's trying to collect more souls, essentially, to give himself more power, which is the power, I think, is allowing him to open more portals then. Yeah, the idea is uh, the more people that you kill, the more portals are open, the more things he could do all over the world. And I think this is a truly pure representation of evil, something that is bringing about (laughs) pain and misery that. and feeding off of that and bringing out more of it into the into the world yeah i'm but, i'm also very impressed with the world building that they've created around what is the upside down what is this other um universe of existence and mm-hmm. how does it like maintain itself and it does so by taking in Ooh. all the negative energy from things that are happening to people s- this makes me speculate then at some point depending on this season or the next can the entire world be engulfed by the upside down and the people in the normal world can actually see it. So like your townsfolk, your chief of police. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they collide it in like a city wide scale. And so you get to see all of Hawkins get taken in and then they have to deal with that. That feels like a next logical step for things to happen. Is that that's bigger. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's bigger than what you've seen now where they're visiting because you've already got the idea of the portals where they go in between. So what's to say that the portal couldn't be bigger mm-hmm. and that you then could have something getting taken in like that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if either um, Vecna or the, what is the other creature? That Debbie sh- Gorgon. Or the, the mind flare. The mind flare shows up again and is like, yo, I like what you're doing over here. <laughs> well, I think one of the characters even said that all of the beings from the, uh, upside down are working together. Yeah, they yeah. refer to Vecna as being like a five-star general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Demogorgon he commands was, a lot of things. The Demogorgon, yeah, Demogorgon was a foot was soldier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the so, dogs were the hounds. So seeing them all work together could definitely be a thing that happens. The mind flare can boost some of his power. I think. But that just makes me think of another thing because Vecna, as we know, is actually a human child. Yeah. That through his malice and disgust with the world developed his psychic abilities and then once he was sent through the portal by l became vecna what's to say that these other creatures were not also human at one point too yeah oh Mm. so it's very possible that there is a one origin for that universe and it could have been something terrible Mm mm-hmm and then started sucking in other things. That'd be a cool way to end then, it to get an, like the origin story of how this got created. And what if the mind flare is just an entire town of psychics? I feel like by... the yeah, mind he is Ooh. made up of parts yeah. from everything else. Yeah. Ooh. I had the feeling that the mind flare is more of like a physical embodiment of a, like a feeling like malice or evil or something like that. Not necessarily a transformation of somebody. Did you, did you, <laughs> I, I only until after doing my research, I was like, oh, yeah, the mind flare, that's a metaphor for the, like, the, the capitalist system basically taking everyone's job when the mall got made because it's an <laughs> God, amalgamation, amalgamation so of right. people. Yeah, you're <laughs> not like, wrong. I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was that's very fucked. good. <laughs> okay, where do you see the show going, though? Mm. In that direction? 
Um, the entire town covered I, in the upside down. I do think they're gonna up the the like the, scale. the scales. They're really gonna create a, a something where like everything can get lost, as in like the the upside down gets unleashed, and like everything's gonna come through, and they're the only reason why it's gonna get stopped. And that seems like a a good place to go because they've already they've been upping the scale since the beginning of the season, so that you're more familiar with what's going on. You don't get all this info all at once. So that feels like it makes sense to me. It also seems like they're heading towards like a grand finale for a Dungeons and Dragons game, which is usually fighting a humongous boss or boss and minions. So it's like that's sort of the feeling I'm getting. I hope Eddie Montine can do it. <laughs> I really hope he ends up being somebody who like really fights a lot in there because he's, he's knowledgeable about what they're encountering. Um, I also do like the comparisons where vecna is very much not a sorcerer what what is the type Wizard. of the mat no what's the type oh. of magic user that gets their power from like a deity or something oh um a warlock yeah he's a warlock he's basically a warlock and so it's cool to see the, the archetypes play out like that yeah everyone's a party member yeah exactly <laughs> okay so i have one question for jonathan what's that did you figure out your song yet um uh <laughs> No, I did not. Come on. I had to think of, oh, man, I had to think about you it. You had the whole episode to think I did have the whole episode, but I wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> the whole episode. So what was the question you to remind me? What song would save you from Vecna? Oh, man. Uh, hold on. Let me look it up because I don't think I know the exact name. Well, while we're waiting for him to yeah. look up, do you guys have favorite scenes? Ooh. Um, as of right now, I love... The scene where they're like the kids find uh, the portal and they're like taking everyone through it. I thought that that was masterfully shot to get two different dimensions of gravity to work together where you have a portal that is in a ceiling and one that is on the ground. And so you're using a tied off blanket to bridge the gap. They're like going up the blanket and into down into the mattress and then every scene with uh, someone getting caught in the Vecna's red lair, like the red misty like house that used to be Victor Creel's, is impeccably shot and wonderfully made. Uh, so much attention to detail in the set design for that. And uh, it makes me think of Caled from Elden Ring. Oh, yeah. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. I think my favorite scene was actually when the girls go to the mental asylum. They're going down into the basement Ooh, to go yeah. see Victor Creel because we even talked about this. That exact shot, that exact set is direct copy of Silence of the Lambs. Yep. You're going through this hall. You have people dwelling in their cages. I couldn't find anything that confirmed it was the exact same place, but I'm almost entirely sure that that is the exact same prison that Hannibal Lecter was held in in Silence mm -hmm. of the Lambs. Not only that, Hannibal is at the very last cell, yes. and you, they go all the way down to the last cell yeah. to speak to this man. The only difference, I think... And seek advice from him. Right, yeah, because he knows. He knows what's going on, and, and that's when you see Robert England. Right, and yeah, so yeah, I yeah. like the callbacks to some of these famous horror movies that they're bringing up throughout the show. Yeah. Also, I have an answer for you. Um, I don't know why I didn't think of it at first, but I was like, it's got to be in my like songs. It would be Human Nature by Michael Jackson. Really? Yes. <laughs> I love his music. Yeah. Aww. And th that is definitely one of the ones I'll be like, yeah, for sure. I'd play that on a loop. That's sweet. <laughs> so I've got your favorite song, favorite scene. Favorite scene, I think. Oh, man. There was 
there's a lot of good ones. I think I think I really enjoyed her interactions with Vecna before he turns into a bad guy. Um, because you're really wondering if he exists in her memory or not. If he is, in fact, another kid who was there and how he evolves into that character and it really questions whether or not he is like that true villain and things we've discussed before in other films. Like, are they sort of um, vindicated by their original idea for why they became that villain? He kind of has a good reason for being the person that he is because he got tortured all of his life as a kid. But then he's a terrible person for going and then torturing kids. Yeah. After he himself got tortured. Well, he actually wasn't tortured as a child. He lived a very normal life. Fair. And he was sort gifted. of just developed. Yeah, I think yeah. he was a psychopath really from the beginning. And through <laughs> his psychopathy, somehow developed psychic capabilities. Yeah. And then after he murdered his whole family, except for his father, that's when he was taken in and tested on and tortured and only served to grow him more as this evil character. Yeah, that's also true. But the, the the reason why, though, he killed them was because they were about to send him off without, like... Well, yeah, because he was trapping and murdering animals. Yeah, so they were, like, of course, very legitimately concerned that their kid was a, kind of a psychopath and showing those signs of a murderer as a kid. And so he's like, I'm not doing that, and then killed them. I gotta say, uh, making your dad relive... A- <laughs> France in Normandy. Normandy is fucking rough. Yeah, holy that shit. is insane. <laughs> like that is trauma. Yeah, tenfold. And probably the most terrifying moment too is seeing that baby cradle on fire, oh, yeah. hearing the child <sighs> screaming. That's enough to scar anybody. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So all all fucked up. And I think that was uh, outside of that. Um, my other favorite scene is uh, the scene we get to hear Kate Bush's song with Max, mm-hmm. and it's like. He gets this close <laughs> to killing you, and you're like, "Oh God!" Like this character's gonna die right now. Um, and then she she makes it through, and the song is playing like the whole time. So mm-hmm. it was it was an appropriate creation of everything coming together for that. So I so, think those are yeah. So then, what are your ratings for this season? The strong season's a nine out of ten. But if I'm memeing, it's eleven out of ten. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, I really had no qualms with any of it, so I'm I'm giving it a ten out of ten. Like I really enjoyed it. Me as well. Ten out of ten for sure. Uh, my my slight problem comes from every Stranger Things season does the filler episodes or like slight filler areas. Oh yeah, yeah and fair. um, there were some times where I was like, "Where the fuck is the other plot line? I want to go back to the other plot oh, line." Oh yeah. Oh, you're not going back to the other plot. Okay. <laughs> So that's like that's not even a yeah that's not even a big gripe. It's kind of just like a personal thing. I like seeing three stories unfold like back to back to back. So when they like kind of stay in one a little bit longer than I want it to, I kind of feel a little weird. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So just a uh, pacing, pacing, yeah, is kind um, of the thing. It was longer than what you expected, that, and that's the thing too. I also binge watch this like the entire week, so yeah, I've done like two or three episodes a night, and I was just like, okay. <laughs> but it made me think about a lot of things when I was at work. So I was like, shit, <laughs> mainly who's going to be the barb. Uh, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so the new, uh, newest volume. So the last two episodes is premiering July 1st or July 1st. Yeah. Of yeah. 2022. So very soon. And we'll talk about it once it premieres. So, um, hopefully like days after it comes out. Yeah. And we'll kind of like what we did with this one. Uh, next week we'll be discussing Justine's birthday episode. Hey, do you know what? Do you know what you want to talk about? Let it be a surprise. Or do we want a surprise? Yeah, yeah. We already know what we're talking about, but I'm not going to let the listeners oh. know. Yeah, you're just got to and see. the viewers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're also talking about a little, little tiny, uh, small 
studio game called Elden Ring. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yes. <laughs> Finally, we've been wanting to talk about this yeah. for weeks. We had we've to had beat to keep it. rearranging the schedule. We had to rearrange it. We had to beat the game. Like, yeah, 200 just, hours. There's a lot of stuff uh, going on like, with it. You know, a second playthrough. Yeah. <laughs> um, we should mention that we are going to try to do this live stream as often as we can. Um, yeah. At least one of our episodes will be live streamed and the other may just be released on audio. Which means that we will be recording at least once every two weeks on yes. this Twitch channel. So keep up to date with our social media and our Discord is a good way to know about when we're going to be doing our streams next. Yeah, we uh, upload as well as give you the info on when we're streaming and when new episodes are up in the news and uh, current events section. Yeah. And then we also have all of our stuff in our link tree, which is in the bio of here. Yes. In the bio on our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter. Everything that you need is on there. Our Patreon, where for $2 a month, you could give us $2 and recommend us horror media to cover, as well you as also... get access to our bonus content. Yeah, Conspiracy Hour. Monsters with Myrrh. Mitch just dropped a new thing the other day. Yeah. Did yes. a review of Carry On. It's really cool. It's That's a cool game. You get to play as the monster. Yeah. Uh, then you can check out our Teespring where we have hats. Like Literally the hat one. he's wearing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as well as t-shirts and mugs and cups to enjoy. To chibi versions of us on yeah. the little cup. It helps, nice su- artwork. it helps support the podcast as well as you get some nice merchandise yeah. to show off. And then make sure to give us a follow as well as a review on Apple Podcasts to let us know how we're doing. And then maybe... for anybody on Twitch and YouTube, make sure you subscribe, follow, oh, yes. like the videos. We just uploaded all of our content onto the YouTube. So yeah, the biggest content dump I've ever done for our stuff. I essentially caught up the podcast on YouTube. So now you can view um, or listen to every episode. And then this particular live cast is going to go on to YouTube as well. Um, yeah. It'll stay on Twitch for about two weeks. And then we'll save so- certain clips of it. But the entirety of it will go on to YouTube. So you can watch it after the fact. I think that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm forgetting one more thing. Nope. That's oh. it. I guess time to... Oh. <laughs> I think... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Our link to the Discord. Get in there. Talk to us. We want to talk about We are theories. very active on Discord. And we often will create games where we'll play games together and get on voice chat and things like that. Yeah, come hang out. Alright, we're all, uh, we're pretty much done. Yeah. yeah. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Murr. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Justine. Oh, who's Who this guy? <laughs> and I'm Jonathan. Thank oh, you guys so much. Oh! Bring you down the grindhouse! Woo! Fuck Will. Yeah, fuck Will. <laughs> <laughs> good night, good afternoon, good day. 